You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> See, I like, to start by force. I like to start recording the episode when I know Derek's about to say something because then we get a good, like, kind of yeah. candid, usually the, the yeah. title of the episode. Derek will say something funny. Welcome back to the Handmade Podcast, episode 61. Um, we have a special guest with us today. Would you like and to introduce yourself? It's not yourself? Jimmy Duresta. It's not Jimmy Duresta. His name starts with a J. All right, he's not going to introduce himself. This is our friend Jordan from Two Avocados. Um, not one avocado. It's very important that you understand that there's two of them. Um, and Jordan, how would you want to describe yourself? Because you're a pretty multifaceted guy. I don't want to. I don't want to underestimate your uh, your business and what you do. Yeah. So I would say uh, thanks for the introduction. First of all, second, I would say I'm a complete hack, and I'm making a living as a hack for the last five years. Uh, I'm a maker and a hack. Nice. That's you know. I mean, you fake it till you make it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but I feel like you've kind of made it already. So you've certainly done a good enough job. <laughs> and that's it. it. That's all so, that you got to do. So, so I wrap it up right now. That's all he yeah, has. All right. Thanks so much, guys, for, right, listening. for listening. That everybody. was, uh, yeah, that was Jordan. Check us out on Patreon. Um, now for the so, after show. Yeah, now for the after show. So, yeah, I, um, we can just go. We'll go through a little bit of our normal uh, talking points, see what everybody's up to. And then we're going to go into a little bit about what Jordan kind of does in his hacking and his hackiness. Um, and Jordan has a very interesting uh, story and a very interesting business. And there's something that we always talk about on the handmade podcast, because Derek, Paul and I are all at very different stages in our sort of maker careers, right? Where I work full time job, Derek works the full time pizza job. And Paul has his business, which is almost separate from what he kind of started doing um, when we all sort of got into this thing. And Jordan, you come from a, a different career, but now what you've been doing for the last five years is really your only job, right? You don't work for anybody but yourself, correct? That's right. Yeah. I mean, my wife controls everything, but you know. Yeah. So, I, she, so you just work for your wife. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's fine. But, um, yeah, so what have you guys um, – What have we been up to? Yeah, what have, well, actually, we were all just together. So let's talk about Maker Camp That's real true. quick, and then we're going to get into uh, well, what George before, been up to. Before you get into that, it's funny. I got a message today. Somebody asked me, did you quit your job at the pizza parlor, or are you still working at delivered pizza? And they are serious. And it's That's like, so I hate to break it, but – I'm not at the pizza parlor. I work a different type job, but 
It's kind of a running joke, but no, I didn't quit my job at the pizza parlor. I'm still flipping pies. Yeah, well, you're so, on a pie-flipping sabbatical at the moment for uh, your yes. back. You can't yeah. properly uh, levitate the uh, pie if you've got a back issue. You yeah, know? well, it's hard to look up at them when I'm flipping them. But I did go back to the pizza parlor this week, and I'm doing a short run of uh, appearances at the parlor, and hopefully I can string a couple days together. But... um. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. As, but no, as a what? longtime listener of the Handmade Podcast, I want to say the first time caller, pizza job. Yeah, first time, first time talker, long time listener. <laughs> uh, Derek's Pizza Parlor. He really is making pizzas and delivering them. And the after show, thousand dollars, it's real. So uh, get in or he, get out. Jordan was our first patron for the thousand dollar bonus. So thank mm -hmm. you, Jordan, that's for right. that. But uh, actually, Jordan was the only one of us that wasn't at Make a Camp, and he missed out on an awful lot. What was your biggest uh, takeaway, Chris? What, what did you have most fun with at Make a Camp? Um, what did I have most fun with at Maker Camp? Well, who were you, you just know? most happy to see? What, what was well, the big I was just happy deal? to see everybody because it's been so mm -hmm. long since everybody's been in in one place. Um, I'm I'm a huge fan of the Modern Forge guys. I just like love mm -hmm. watching those guys go and like make stuff together. And um, so I was watching them a lot, which was great. Um, I thought just the whole thing was awesome. And then, you know, I, I was up there for the timber frame thing, uh, which was in June or July where people were making, um, cutting the timbers for the timber frame. And, I don't know that I really had an expectation of what that was going to look like when it was done, but seeing it come together and go up, um, it's just, it was awesome. And it really shows how good Justin Dietrich is at organizing because it is hard to do something like that with like 60 random people. And you don't like just to know that everything was cut properly is just shows how good Justin was at running that which um, it's like herding cats. You know, uh -huh. you're telling people to cut mortises and it's not like you can just make it work if it doesn't work, you know, like, and if you look at the timber frame, it's, it's probably hard to tell in the photos, but like I went right up to it when there was nobody it's around was looking at it. It's perfect. There That's isn't perfect. like a bad joint anywhere. Dude. And none of these people know, have any fucking idea what they're doing, you know? Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, I mean, kudos to Justin for, for planning it starting it running it teaching it putting it up i mean really just uh really just great and austin too i mean austin had so much to do with it and obviously the entire event was was austin's uh it's austin's baby and and for how austin's like 20 years old isn't he i know i sent him a message today i said dude you should be so proud of yourself i said the, yeah. the whole thing was amazing yeah and 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 back to the timber frame i felt the same thing i went over to that thing too and I looked at it, and I was like, every joint is perfect on this thing. Yeah. And it's like maybe one or maybe two people might have done that before or been involved with it. But I wouldn't be surprised if nobody but Justin had done it before. And it it was perfect. And at first, I was kind of looking at it when, they were, when it was all on the ground. I was like, wow, this thing's kind of small, you know? But then – yeah. I'm looking at it. I was like, it's like the perfect size. It's just yep. like I can see it there for the next, you know, 75 years. It's going to be there. Yeah. And then they had the little ceremony with Aaron, which was great. And the, um, 
picture that was done by uh, Jeff and the plaque from uh, Luke. It, yeah. it just the whole thing was just really amazing. It was just really a big um, highlight of it. You know, also same with the Modern Forge. Um, that was really cool. And um, to meet Leah, I mean, we talked for a while. I yucked it up with her, and she was just such a, a great personality and just, you know, just really nice person to talk to. But like you said, to see everybody, it was just like – Man, I can't believe like how long it's been since we haven't seen people. It's just great. I mean, I lost my voice twice just from talking to people. You know, it, it just it was good. You know, Paul, did you enjoy talking to people? That's my favorite part. That's why I, <laughs> oh, I love it. That's exactly <laughs> why I went. Well, yeah. we did have a fan. We did have a fantastic, friends. a fantastic pizza. We did. Oh yeah, we did. Great. Finally. Because God, I couldn't, I, you know. We Where the milk run? To eat. No, no, no. We went to a, we um, went to a real, uh, some real, yeah, some real Neapolitan style pizza. Some real gourmet shit. Yeah. You, you gotta be my, careful. Kyle might speed. listen to this. Who? Kyle, isn't that his name? The What's the Kyle? guy's name? Kyle, Kyle. The guy oh, from the milk run. What's his name? Carl. Carl. Cal. Cal. Isn't that his name? What's his yeah. name? What's his name? Dude, is is that Cal? Who knows? Yeah, I think so. Every time, Paul, you should know the three times you've gotten a hot dog from there. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know. He I hates eat. that place. I mean, you know what? The pancakes are good. Besides giving me a, almost, a diet, almost making me a pre-diabetic, giving me low blood sugar, like my blood sugar crashes five hours after I eat them and I almost faint, which has happened almost every time I've eaten them. They're, the pancakes are good, but other than that, I mean, it's a risk. It's hard to screw oh, up pancakes. Is. You know what? Answer. Ju- you know what? Put Look, them on. He, the, just, put them on. he just called me, too. Yeah. Put them on. No, I can't. What's, do what I do have you mean he can't? Tell him you're on the podcast. I can't get to the phone right now. Hey, Jeff, you there? Yeah. You're on the podcast. What's up, buddy? Oh. You guys are talking now? <laughs> We're talking yep. right now. You're live. Please. What do you want to tell Jimmy? Jimmy's the only one that could be listening because you're here. What do you want to tell Jimmy? Now, I'll call you back, buddy. What? No. Are you really live? Yeah. Yeah, we're recording the podcast right now. Are you recording me as we speak? Yes. Yeah, so don't say anything dirty. Keep it clean. (laughs) This is the full blast podcast every Friday on the Mercury Network. (laughs) <laughs> you asshole <laughs> i love him is he the best he he's a good salesman oh yeah he's sharp he's good on he's, he's he, really he is on, so um, quick on his feet yeah oh man shout that, out to that on the full blast podcast oh that is so Never funny him till right now. oh he's my the god best. that he is, is so the good best. he's such uh, a talented blacksmith too but he like he he's so funny because when he was making these tongs, I was watching him make these tongs at at the maker camp, and I never like you don't see him do that kind of stuff that often, you know. Like I'm yeah. used to like looking at his knives and like his his Instagram is so much so like the business of his knives that like I forget how he has he has such a diverse and long background in blacksmithing like ornamental and and decorative yeah, and then like steelwork. Yeah, yeah, he worked and at CMA Yuri, and like he, he worked he worked with Yuri Hoffy, I think, or he went and, and yeah learned from yeah. him. Oh, he gets you know Jeff's legit. Oh, he's legit, and um, we had a good time making fun of everybody else. 
which yeah, yeah dude, I, the whack you know, pack. I, that's my favorite that's my favorite part is the shit that's talk. Jimmy's whack I, pack. I got to say, I got to say I I got to uh I if I was giving out medals for like top shit talkers, I had some new there were some new uh new people in the in in the mix this weekend that really could hang with the best of us yeah yeah but uh back to jeff for a second what i love about him he's such like a purist like with you know he loves the craft but even though he i don't want to say blacksmiths every day because i mean he says he's a knife maker or whatever but you think he'd just be like you know like it, it, it just hates it because it's kind of like his work thing. But he just loves doing it the correct way. He loves, you know, teaching it not being done the correct way. Mm-hmm. He just appreciates it, and um, yeah. it's just like there's just no bullshit, you know. And you know, he was trying to show me to make the bottle open, and I knew I was gonna fuck that thing up, and he was gonna scream at me in front of people. So I knew to step aside and said, "Just make me one," you know, and uh, and yeah. enjoyed watching him making it. He can yell at me another time. So, well, the only time I've ever made a bottle opener ever is with Jeff showing me how to do it. When Paul and I went to his hammer in, like, I don't even know how many years. Oh, ago. yeah. I can't um, believe how much work it was. It's, it's a, a ton of work. Of work. It's, not easy. it's and, and you know what no, it is? It's, it's like the, it's like the number of heats, you know, and then yeah. like it just you're like, OK, well, uh, like I'm close. And then it's like, well, you got to stop. Put it back yeah. in the forge. Yeah. You I mean, know? obviously, like, he could have a ton of work and he didn't even do it. Yeah, I was exa- I was exhausted watching him, but yeah, no, but I mean, obviously he could have done it much quicker if I wasn't there watching him. But still, it's just that's way too much work, and that's the problem with when you're making things by hand. You know, you look at a bottle and you'd be like, "Fucking twenty five bucks, fuck you," mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. it's like that was a lot of work. Oh, like yeah. you know what I mean? Especially if you were banging them out all day, you know, yeah. and um, it just um, I don't know, too much for me. I don't know. Uh, but, I don't know how it could be profitable. You could crank those out though. If, you, yeah, if it well, it's not. You're not going to be a millionaire. No, but no, but, it, but but it, but it's work. It's not like it was oh, just yeah. like heated up, banged, put a hole in it, and bent. Mm-hmm. It it was a lot of work, and he gave a shit. Like he wanted it perfectly round, and you know, it, it yeah, just oh, he, yeah. he gave he gave a shit. Like he, he didn't look at it as like ah, it's a fucking bottle opener. Like he just you know, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah, Jeff is great. I, I've talked to him about it a bunch of times before, but I, I really want to go up to his place and shoot a little like documentary on his process and his knife making. Because like, if you've ever mm. gone to his shop, and I, Derek, I know you haven't, haven't been there, but like, he's got such a process down for the way he operates, and he's like such a purpose built setup in his shop where he's got like two even heats and he's got his hand sanding area and where he does his scales and all this stuff and like he's he's just um i mean he's like the opposite of my shop actually i will say there are some extra things in jeff's shop but they're not even his like there's nothing extra in his shop the only extra shit in jeff's shop is cliffs yeah yeah like there's like a lathe that jeff like has two by 72 belts like laying on and I, well, yeah. when I went there, I'm like, oh, that's a cool lathe. He's like, yeah, it's not mine. I don't even know how to turn it on. And I'm like, it's it's so funny because um, yeah, Cliff's just business. got stuff. It's all business. He's all business. And I think yeah. there's something about that. You know, there's something like um, there's something like to kind of learn from uh, with that, which I think is cool. <laughs> you so, think you can learn from that, Chris? Floods, though. If, if his shop floods, 
what's going to hold it down? No anvils, You know what? No That's vices. true. That's true. He has no you know vices I mean? on the floor. He has no anvils on the floor. Jeff Nothing. has, I right. think, the polar opposite mentality. Yeah. Of Chris? Yeah. 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 If, if yeah. Jeff That's could like... throw away everything that he doesn't touch, he would. Yeah. I mean, I'm intentionally video chatting with you guys in the upstairs of my shop where there's nothing but yeah. like a table and a refrigerator and some yeah. bubble wrap, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I don't want to show you the downstairs. Yeah. Well, somebody over the weekend asked me to send them a video of my shop so they could get an idea of what it looked like. And I'm like looking through my phone for like one I maybe may have taken like six months ago. Because yeah. what it currently yeah. looks like yeah. is just fucked. Because Angela and I made so much stuff for our wedding in the shop. And then after the wedding, I had to, like, get all that stuff back from the venue. So it's just, like, everywhere. There's just stuff everywhere. And, you know, it's, it's a mess. Why didn't you just throw it up? You're doing a great job out. of being married. You're already blaming your wife for stuff. Nice. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, shit. She blames it, yeah. me for everything anyway. Yeah. So, Well, like, <laughs> it, like the, the – it's just uh, it's a disaster. Everything. It's funny because I was just going to throw out the signs I made for my daughter's graduation from high school. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's a junior in college and I still have them. And like they're personalized with her name on it. And she's like, yeah, save them. I'm like, okay. I'm like, why am I saving these signs? Yeah. Like, I mean, they're beautiful signs, but like, unless she like, we're not going to use them at her, like her college graduation be like, no way, dad, you can't use those. Yeah, no, know? of course not. So it's like, then useless, but I'll, I'll just keep hanging on to them, honey. Well, you I was know. so like hands-on involved with the actual venue. Cause it was such a shit show. I've got like the plastic bins with like the stuff in it. I've got the extension cords. I've got like, remember uh -huh. we made this flower ring, like that thing's hanging yeah. from a beam. Cause I got to give it away. So it's not like I have like stuff like you're saying, like signs and shit. I have yeah. just, like the mobilization stuff that I had. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, I also just have a lot of stuff in there. And then I bought even more stuff this weekend up at the maker camp. So now all that stuff's got to go inside. It's just, oh, you bought a swedge block. I bought a swedge block. I, I bought, bought two of them. Hey, well, oh, it was just bro oh, it was broken in two pieces. I'm sorry. That's right. I bought it's going to make a great video, though. It's going to make a great video. Chris. Chris Cash board. told Chris Cash told me I was that? an asshole for for welding that back together. I was like, it's, I don't care. I'm for doing what it. the swedge block? He's like, don't do it. He's like, don't bother. Why, why would you bother? I was like, because why would wouldn't you, I try? Would well, you pay for saying, that? Is he saying don't bother because it's a waste of time, or don't bother because you're gonna like ruin the? No, because like, it's a waste of time. What am oh, I gonna yeah, do to right it? It's cast that. iron. Well, yeah, right but. What's a waste of time when you get paid to make a YouTube video? Who gives a shit? No, that's yeah. You're in a different. They have a different mindset than him, and you're yeah. You're gonna make money. What you off pay of that for? Two hundred bucks. What would it go for if oh. it was in good shape? A thousand. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't Probably know. it's it's twelve Prices by eighteen. Prices are so crazy. Twelve by eighteen mm. by four inches thick. Mm. It's 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 day. it's got to be worth yeah it's got to be worth and it's and aside from the crack it's in pretty good shape so it's so funny the guy that I bought it from I was like oh where'd you get this he bought the and he had a couple anvils he actually he had a really nice hundred and uh, hundred and fifty pound hay button really mm -hmm. nice that he sold to some kid for seven hundred bucks I can't remember his name um, all the shit that he had that was heavy he got from a guy that that is like an aspiring world's strongest man competitor. So this dude had really? all this heavy shit in his like in his house, and it was all so that he could like pick it up to like lift weird objects. I was like, oh, was the guy like a blacksmith? He goes, oh no, he was like a weightlifter. He just had all this heavy shit in the backyard, and he thinks <laughs> the guy was getting it from scrapyards just as like weight to like move around. Wow. Oh my god. 
whatever. I mean, everybody's That's got their funny. thing, right? Did yeah, I ever tell you about the... Uh, what? No, the I'm kid I... I saw an acorn, Go ahead. An acorn table on How the marketplace today. Two grand. It's big well, yeah. acorn table. And <laughs> Look at Chris's face. Andrew Alexander. Yeah. I'm like, hey, man. I'm like, yeah. two grand. He'll buy it. On you. He'll so, buy it. He, he needs another thing. A kid yeah, I work with, he, um, yeah, they're, he's going to They're fill filled already. He told me already. He's like, they're completely full. Yeah, yeah. everything was outside. Yeah. He, um, he bought one of those big tires, like, off a tractor to, to flip it. Like, he does, like, weightlifting and stuff. And the manager of the pizza parlor found out, and they brought him in. They were going to fire him. And they were like, you know, we why did you get this? And, you know, what are you doing? You can't take stuff like that from customers. He's like, oh, I just got it to flip it. And they try to fire him because they're like, oh, you're going to make money off it. Oh, and, you no. know, he was talking about just physically flipping it. They thought he was talking about flipping it for money. That's At the so end, funny. he had to give it back. He didn't get fired, and he didn't flip it. But he bought it from a customer or from, like, where did he get customer it? Gave, customer gave it to him. It was oh, a customer a customer's of the job, pizza like, parlor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, half, half, half in the dirt. And uh, he, they were just like, take it. And he took mm. it. And the customer's son found out. And they're like, hey, he's trying to screw my grandmother or my mother over. And so they got involved. And they thought he was trying to make money off of it. And he mm. was just trying to exercise. We like to keep our drivers as healthy as possible at the pizza That's parlor. Right. Well, I mean, think about the yeah. flipping, you know? Like, yeah. it's a lot of physical labor to, oh, yeah. to throw. Diabetes and, and obesity oh. are a minimum requirement for the pizza parlor job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. So, speaking of work, why don't we go over to Jordan and ask him, tell us about his little story and how he got to where he is. There you go, Jordan. Take it away. So, um... I got started in making because I was in the corporate world and uh, I hated my job and I was traveling internationally a lot. Um, and I'm going to try and keep it short. So the the real turning point was my oldest We have daughter, time. I have two, two daughters. My oldest daughter turned four. And on her fourth birthday, I was like, man, I wonder how long I've been gone. I used to be in the military and I was in the corporate world. And between the two, uh, I had missed 27 months of the four years of my daughter's life. So wow. over 50%, right? And uh, wow. I have another daughter that's a year younger than her. So uh, I've been gone two thirds of my younger daughter's life and half, well, 60% of my oldest daughter's life. Uh, real sobering event. Mm-hmm. So about five months later, um, I, I got the balls to walk away from my corporate job. And my wife was a stay-at-home mom at the time. So we were solely dependent on my income, but, uh, I was 26, I was 26 at the time. And we decided, you know, we have some money in the savings account, 26 years old. At the end of the day, I can go back to the corporate world in a second. They're always hiring. Right. So, uh, we decided that it was worth the risk to step out and use up the savings account if we needed to. Uh, and start something where I had the freedom to be with my family as much as I wanted. So that was, uh, that was six years ago. Um, so fast forward six years. How was that? How, how did you, how did you feel when you, when you finally achieved that? Like, like, was it just yes. great being stay at home? I mean, was it how, tough? Question. I mean, so 
it was terrible. Um, you know, it sounds like pie in the sky. And honestly, uh, six years ago, I was watching Jimmy's YouTube when there was like 50,000 people subscribed. You know, it was he was a nobody on YouTube. Um, and I reached out to him and I was like, hey, man, uh, I collect vintage machinery kind of like you do. And, uh, you know, I, but I work for a corporation and I hate my job and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, hey, everybody has to do their own walk. But, uh, you know, do what makes you happy. And uh, watching his videos every day at work uh, on my lunch break and stuff, I was like, man, this is miserable being here while this guy is making a living doing what I want to do. So when I walked away, I felt liberated. You know, I felt uh, cloud nine. But I didn't sleep for probably three and a half months. Like I slept maybe two hours or an hour a night because I was panicked that I couldn't make enough money to provide for my family. You know, like, uh, my wife wasn't working. We had two little kids and I was like, man, I got, I got to make it. So I'm in my garage, my 20 by 20 garage, uh, you know, doing these big projects and it went really well. Um, but what did you get, what did you get into when you went, when you, when you left your job, what was like, what was, what was the, the direction that you wanted to take your side side business like so you do a lot of woodworking and stuff like that like yeah where did that all come from like where you did you have a list of clients already before you quit and you know because you don't people think you quit your job and then you like you announce to your friends that you are making stuff and all of a sudden people start calling you yeah you open the door and you just let them in that's right they've been waiting they've been waiting in line to come in the whole time they're waiting to bang the door down no that's not Mm -hmm. it at all blank Uh, checks so yeah, exactly. Blank checks. Yeah. So, um, the first commission I ever received was to build a four foot by nine foot, uh, black walnut table with live edges. And not that it was a single solid piece, but that the edges would be live edge. And, uh, I charged $2,000 for that. And I think I paid like 1400 for the material. So I made like 600 bucks and, and worked dude, your I ass off. I was, oh, and I thought I was like, you know, king of the world. I mean, uh-huh. I'm like, this is it. I've made it, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but when I when I walked away, I didn't have any work. Um, I had a, a large amount of savings. I'd been responsible with my money and I only had my mortgage payment. So I wasn't like, you know, owing a bank a bunch of money. Um, but uh I just took every job that walked in the door and when people would say, Hey, can you make, you know, X, I would say absolutely. But really I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, the, the deal was I just was hungry and I thought I'm going to do whatever it takes. I've got a minimal amount of tools. I had a table saw, like an old Delta Unisaw. Uh, I didn't even have a bandsaw. I had jigsaw, chop saw, you know, all hand tools. The only real tools I had was a planer, and uh, a table saw and a chop saw. Everything else was all hand tool stuff, whether it was electric hand tool or classic, you know, mechanical stuff. And uh, and I was happy, man. I mean, really happy. I felt like, you know, I could devote as much time as I wanted to my family, as much time as I wanted to work, and everything was going to be all right. Uh, after that first initial like six months, the first six months was uh, hell on earth, you know, like. How do you provide for four people when you're in a town of 2,200 people? That's how many people live in my town. Uh, 
That's and you're crazy. trying to make it, you know. So and it was all Etsy local. I mean, savior. for the most part. Yeah, I was gonna say you were you for were going all local. Months. Yeah, for the first six months, and then I like wisened up, and I'm like, all right, there's a market outside of this little world that I'm in. Uh, outside of Mayberry. Oh, you guys <laughs> yeah. are young. I'm sorry, Andy Griffin show. Sorry. That was for our older listeners. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think Mayberry has five thousand people. This yeah. is uh, this All is right. a little smaller. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, uh, got on Etsy and I started marketing. I just went on Etsy honestly, and I looked at what was selling the most in the in the woodworking platform, and uh, started copying people uh, because huh? they yeah right. How dare you, scumbag? Yeah, yeah. Uh, copying and undercutting because I live in Indiana, which is kind of like uh, the place where all the hardwood trees grow. So yep. lumber is cheap here. You know, people are like, oh, walnuts, $15 a board foot. I go right now and buy it for $3 a board foot, kiln dried, you know, size, yeah. like, yeah. no problem. Uh, so anyway, I started copying these like live edge coffee tables and selling those and selling bottle openers and just anything I could sell on Etsy. Uh, to get my sales up and that sustained me for quite some time and really is what developed my skill as far as mm -hmm. being able to produce a quality product did uh, you go to school a lot of did you go to school to uh, learn woodworking like were you formally trained at all or where did you learn no i just taught myself um i just enjoyed you know making like shelves for my wife and stuff for the house so uh, when i quit my corporate job, I was like, you know what? I want to do something I enjoy. And the only thing I know of that I enjoy that could make money is like a table saw. So uh, that's where it was, you know? I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a well thought out plan. It wasn't strategic. It wasn't anything. It was, I'm fully frustrated with what I'm doing with my life and I'm done. Let's pivot and do something else. Mm -hmm. um, so all the growth that you experienced in order to make it a real job came from Etsy. Like you credit Etsy for that. Uh, I don't credit Etsy. Um, I would 100% credit uh, tenacity, honestly. Like, well, I mean, just from, I mean, I mean more from a, from a, a, a job origin perspective, like you can be as good and as determined as you want, but if no one calls you to buy shit, then you know what I mean? Like, like what, what made, aside from not giving up, what gave so, the uh, brand awareness to, like, the market to actually continue going, you know? Yeah, so I'm, I'm in year six right now. And uh, year one and, like, all the way up through year two, I did rely on Etsy uh, for income. And I did that, and in that time frame is when I developed the skill. So mm -hmm. I, had, I, I would say I had zero skill uh, before that. And uh, since year, the end of year two to year six now, um, I have 0% online sales, none whatsoever. It's all uh, within a 150 mile radius of my physical location. Mm -hmm. And I don't advertise, uh, it's all word of mouth. Um, and I think I, I attribute it, I guess you're right. I would attribute that to my trials in Etsy sales um, as to where I develop my skill to be able to create that market. Um, but as far as like brand awareness and stuff, you could go 20 miles from here and say, hey, do you know the business two avocados? And they'd be like, no, 
I don't know that. You're joking. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you talking about? Hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting how different. Um, like like you said, you don't advertise. Like it's similar to like my business, like the shop business. Like I don't ask for work ever. You know, like there's nobody to ask. Right. Like who do you ask to like make like oh I really want to make this for yeah. you. Um, but, um, you know, you, you eventually, you do generate that word of mouth. Um, but there is always sort of, there's always gotta be some sort of like kickoff to that. And even if it is just being able to tell somebody like, oh yeah, like, oh, could you make me a table? And they go, oh, well, where, where can I see some of the stuff you've made? And you go, okay, look at my Etsy. And they don't want anything that's on your Etsy, you know, like they're not interested in any of that stuff, but they, maybe they get some sense of what you can do if you don't do Instagram or what YouTube or whatever. Now, if anybody wants me to make shit for them, I just, you know, you've got a catalog. We all do. We all have a catalog of stuff on the internet that acts as your resume, you know, so you don't need to try to, you don't need to have somebody have blind faith in you, right? There's something driving, driving their confidence that you're able to do something. So, now in your sixth year, you've got your shop and your business and your list of clients. How do you then see where that is now? And do you, how do you feel about it in, in year six? Because it's not, it's not a hobby anymore, right? It's your job. That's right. Yeah, it's a, it's a job. And uh, I have the, um, both the privilege uh, and the deficit, I would say. Uh, to have my shop 200 feet from my house. My shop is on my property. I built a shop that's 3,000 square feet uh, for both my wife and I. Um, and you know, I run a custom woodworking business, uh, a little bit of metal fabrication, but mostly woodworking. And uh, my wife runs a, an Etsy shine sign shop, and uh, which I think you guys have talked about before. But um, mm-hmm. If you're going to buy a sign, buy it from Derek from Malden, not from Two Avocado Signs. So uh, there's your plug right Chris, there. Chris, can you uh, delete that, please? Why? He did, he did say Two Avocados. Could you just delete that part? Please? I'll delete where he said Two Avocados. It'll just yeah, say, I'll you. make it so that he said Derek from Malden, Derek from Malden. Twice. Derek from Alden, yeah, twice. Three yep. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Okay, keep yeah. going. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, it's, it's really great to be able to walk two minutes to my shop um, in the rain or the snow or the sunshine or whatever, uh, it's phenomenal. But uh, when it's 8.30 at night and my kids are in bed and my mind is wide awake, I walk out here and I might work until midnight or I might work until 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. And then I get up at 5 o'clock and recycle, do it again. Mm -hmm. Uh, And making as a lifestyle and as a uh, career is amazing. Uh, I don't want to undersell it or oversell it at all. It's amazing. There is no one except for every client you work for that can tell you what to do uh, or how to do it or when to do it or why to do it. Uh, You are your own boss. You have the full freedom to make all your decisions. Uh, You can go on vacation when you want. You can you know, take the jobs you want and deny the ones you don't want. However, uh, I think that if you have the uh, personal mentality to be a successful maker, you're probably obsessive and you're probably tenacious and you're probably going to end up working 12 and 15 hours a day. 
And I know that the listeners can't see, but I see Paul shaking his head. Yes. Uh, because he's yeah. a full-time maker, you know? And uh, if you have the, if you have the gumption to make it uh, full-time, it's like Jimmy, you know, everybody worships Jimmy DiResta as a maker. And you see his Instagram, he's posting at two in the morning. He's in a shop. He's posting at mm-hmm. six in the morning. He's posting at two in the afternoon, 10 in the morning, 10 at night. It's his life. Uh, and just very recently, we went on a vacation with my kids and my wife. And my kids asked me, hey, dad, you want to go, you know, rollerblade? And you want to go bike ride? You want to go for a hike? You want to go do this? You want to go do that? And I said, yes, every time. And my daughter, who will be nine in a couple months, uh, who was four when I quit my corporate job, uh, said to me, I can't believe that you're saying yes. You always say, no, I have to work in the shop. And, uh, you know, at some point in six years, I've lost track of um, what's happened, you know, what's going on. And I guess really it's five years. Uh, I said six, but I guess I'm wrong. Five, four plus five is nine, not six. Uh, so anyway, it's been five years and um, I've lost track of the whole reason I got into this business to begin with. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, well, it's, a it's, it's, it's a yeah, job now. It's a job. It's a job. Yeah. And, and there's you know, no, well, the difference is you don't, like my wife is a nurse and I have this conversation with her all the time is that when she leaves her job, that's it. Like sometimes she'll have yeah. a really complicated patient and she'll tell me all about it for her three days that she's on her shift. And I get like emotionally invested. So like um, she'll get home and then two days later I'll be like, oh, Angela, what happened with that baby that had the whatever? And she'll be like, I don't know. She'll be like, let me like text right. somebody and ask. But nobody's calling her being like, hey, like, you know, what, what do we do? You know, right. that's it. It's over. You get to go home and leave. Right. Like this table cracked. You got to come back and yeah. fix it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get the baby. The baby doesn't fit in the diaper. You got to come back over here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or or I, I didn't think this was the one I, I don't think this is the baby that I ordered. That's oh, like, God. I don't think this one, you know, <laughs> you know, like, and it's funny because when I was a carpenter, I moved up quickly in this company from being a carpenter to a like kind of a job runner and then to being a PM. And one of the guys I worked with, I was like 26 ish, 27. Yeah. 26, 27. One of the guys I worked with was like 54. And he was like, yeah, I have no interest in ever doing that. He's like, I have no interest in ever having any responsibility outside of just getting up, putting my tool belt on, you hang molding, you put in base, you hang a door. And then guess what? At five o'clock, who gives a shit? If the door only has one hinge on it, don't care. Throw some blocks under it, get back in the car, and I'll do it tomorrow. It's a you lot know, less like, stress that way. It's uh-huh. There's no stress. What it's stress could easier. there be? Yeah, there's, yeah. And, if, and if something goes yeah. wrong, chances are it's not your fault. If there's not enough molding, no. it's not, you know, if you're the carpenter, you're not. Or even if it's not... your fault, it's like, oh, well, like the worst that could happen is you get fired and you get another yeah. job. It's like if, yeah. it's, if you're in charge, it's like some mistakes can end businesses, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like that's why I have so that's why I have so much machinery in my shop because yeah. of mistakes that ended other people's businesses. 
But if so, you know, if you're an employee, you could make a mistake that costs the company ten thousand dollars, and like, what are they going to do? Dock you ten? Like, they're not going to take it out of your pay. Like, that could be how much you're making for two, three months. It's, it's like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, so, I mentioned it before here. Sorry, Paul, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you, no but like, my um, my brother-in-law, you know, he has a successful boat business, and one of his employees was washing the boat, and he slipped on the the deck of the boat. It was like a center console. And he grabbed the door and he ripped it and broke the door right in half. And my brother-in-law was having a hard time getting one. It was during COVID. And then I'm guessing the door was like $1,000. It's just a piece of Lexan, you know, a plexiglass, whatever it is. So I got it. And I tried to CNC. And at the end of the day, it was just easy to make a patent and just um, you get a bit and route it out and stuff like that. And I charged him basically for the material and uh from a, a little bit of my time you know it wasn't worth it for me but you know and he's like oh it's not your fault and you should pay for it and i was like you know what but it's not your fault either uh -huh. like why should you pay for it like you didn't break this door you know so as long as i had my ass covered i didn't care but i didn't want to take it out of his pocket yeah. looking back i should have no i'm just kidding but no no but you know what i mean like he would that would have cost him real money you yeah. know because this kid slipped the kid just goes home at the end of the day, doesn't worry about it. He says yeah. he's sorry, and that's it. Yeah. You know, but somebody's got to pay $1,000 for the kid slipping and grabbing the door. Uh -huh. And you get some people that are like, well, fuck him. He makes all the money anyways, which, you know what, well, go start your own business you if you want to make all the money on all the risk. Exactly. 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 If you and, want and, a simple, stress-free life, just work for somebody. But yeah. if you want to be able to move up and, you know, mm -hmm. you know have not, I mean, I guess technically infinite growth, you know, you could, you could grow businesses, you know, some mm -hmm. businesses are worth hundreds of millions, billions of dollars that, you know, single guys have started like yeah. Amazon or whatever. Yeah. But if you want something, if you want to have that opportunity, it's going to be a lot more work and it's going to be a lot more stressful, but you can go that route if you're looking to achieve, you know, uh, so, greater, so, yeah. greater things, but. It's okay if you don't want to do that either because the world yeah. needs both types of people. That's, That's right. right. Yeah. The first time, so like, I mean, everybody knows about my business to an extent, but like the the first time I did a job with one of my friends that I didn't run, it felt so weird. Macklin got a job hanging like 15 doors in this house, solid wood doors for a client. And he was like, hey, you want to do this with me? I'll split it with you. It's paying whatever it was. I, th I don't know. I think we charged him like, I'll just say the numbers. It doesn't really matter. I think we charged him like four grand or whatever to hang these doors, like 15 mm -hmm. doors. And every one of them doors? had to be fucking. Yeah, they were. It was replacement doors. So it's not like we were doing jams and everything. All we had to do was like, but but the, the, the client was a pain in the ass. He was an architect who just like hung over our shoulders the whole time. Every door had to be cut down. None of the openings were square. It was it was a pain in the ass. But it only took us like, I think we went two or three nights for $2,000 each. So it really wasn't that bad. But at the end of the day, the client wanted little things adjusted and fixed and all this shit. And Macklin paid me my two grand. And then he had to go back like three or four more times and fuck with the doors. And at first I was like, damn, like that really sucks. And then I think about all the, you know, at that point, Mac and I had done probably 10 jobs together. And I was always the guy that had to go back and fix all the shit that got screwed up or wait for a delivery or get up early or stay in late and all this stuff. 
And I was like, man, it's nice to work for somebody else and just, yeah. get you know, it's nice oh, yeah. to just have to show up and cut the doors and hang them, you know, like not have to run the job. Um, but at the same time, you know, like there's something about controlling your own destiny when like you get to make the prices mm. and you get to get whatever you want out of it. And then at the end of the day, I didn't get the connection with that client. You know, that guy doesn't even wouldn't recognize me if he saw me on the street. So if he had another $20,000 worth of work, I'm not getting it. Max getting it. Um, mm. That's the same thing that happens at my business now where like all my guys that come and work with me, I pay them all really, really well. Not like employees. I pay them like partners but at the end of the day, nobody knows them, you know, like nobody calls them for the mm. next job, right? They call me. And then the next job, a lot of the times doesn't have to do with them, you know? So then they're, yeah. they're out of that, that next one. Um, it's, it's, it's funny. I had a, an uncle that was very um, well off and they lived in a very nice neighborhood and uh, they lived there for like, you know, ever since I was a little kid till like I was a teenager and then uh, they moved and they moved to this beautiful house right on a golf course and um, it was just real nice. And I, my adult life, they always lived there until he passed on. But, be, you know, before you passed, we were talking. And I asked him something about owning the house. And he goes, oh, we don't own this house. And I'm like, you rent? He's like, oh, yeah. He goes, I've never owned a house. I'm like, you didn't own your last house? He's like, no. He goes, I, I don't want the headache. Yeah. And I'm like, really? And this guy, I mean, he was he was very well off, but he just... He never wanted the headache. He goes, if something goes wrong, I want the ability to call somebody and never be bothered. And yeah. I was like, nowadays, I think it's different back then. You know, I mean, we lived in our house I grew up in for, you know, 35 years, you know. So nowadays people move around. Back then people didn't. So it was, it was different, you know. But uh, nowadays you can't see people doing that. But, like, he just never wanted to be bothered owning a house. And that, that's what people did. And, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, As a landlord, I understand. Right. Because every yeah. time the fucking toilet breaks, who texts? Yeah. Who gets texted at eight o'clock at night? Yeah, nine o'clock at night. Absolutely. Like, oh, this is broken. I'm like, God yeah. damn it. Yeah, yeah, it can be yep. a nightmare. Yep. So That's Jordan, a, you know, where are you at now? What do you like? What are you doing now? So how's how's business and how's life? Yeah. Uh, before we <laughs> proceed on to that, I want to touch on yeah. what Chris was talking about. As a full time uh -oh. maker, you're fully responsible, right? Uh -huh. So. I'll never forget, man. I did this job. Uh, it was a walnut live edge bar top. It was like a pass through window from a kitchen to a dining room. It was for a couple and the woman's name was Jenna Bennett. And by the way, if you're a custom maker, the person you're targeting is the wife. You're not looking to do business with the <laughs> husband. You're looking for the wife, right? That's uh -huh. right. Cause she's the one yeah. wanting to, to do the, the stuff that doesn't really produce any ROI. It just produces value for her to look at. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, I don't know what this job was, maybe five grand or whatever. Uh, but it's a 14 foot live edge bar top with some little returns on both sides, walnut, black walnut. And here in Indiana, black walnuts, you know, dime a dozen. So it's pretty affordable, pretty easy to find. But a 14 foot log is not easy to find. So I find a log where I can get one piece of a live edge that's 14 feet long, no breaks. And I use it in the rest of the bar top, which is maybe 30 inches deep, uh, I made out of other walnut, you know, just to fill it in, glued it mm -hmm. up. And I install it when they're not home. 
they gave me the code to their house. I walked in, I installed it, no big deal, left. They'd already paid me, all's good. About 10 days later, she sends me a text. And uh, she says, hey, this is beautiful and it's absolutely perfect. But, but I don't like the butt joints. There's nothing wrong with them. They, you know, there's not a big gap. There's nothing wrong whatsoever. I just don't like that there's a butt joint. I wanted solid wood from end to end, 14 yeah. feet long. So the first thing I do is I refund her 100% of her money, 100%. Because I'm like, hey, you know what? No money is worth that. Then she says, I appreciate the refund, but I'd really like the right thing installed. So at my cost, I go and I source 14-foot walnut, and I take the top out, and I make a new top and put it in. Now, because of that customer service, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I ended up doing like a $25,000 job for them. So it mm -hmm. worked out fine. But as a maker... Doesn't always work out that way. No, right? Not at all. And as you're fully responsible for the customer service. And whether you want to like it or not, customer service is the only thing you can offer over someone going to Ikea. Like, mm -hmm. if they can go buy a, a $300 bookshelf at Ikea, I'm going to make the same thing for $1,000. Uh all I have is customer service. You know, they don't, they don't care as long as it looks pretty. Mm -hmm. So just to your point, Chris, I want to say like, you know, if you're a full-time maker or you're thinking about being a full-time maker, be ready because it's not sunshine, rainbows and roses uh, every day. Some days mm -hmm. you lose, you know, 2,500 bucks on a walnut bar top. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that, I mean, I don't, I don't know what kind of drawing you gave or what kind of uh, plan you gave for that job, but that goes back to like anything I build for anybody that is custom, they get at the very least a Google SketchUp drawing of it that oh, shows no. every seam on the project. Yeah. So there's no yep. question. Like if someone like wants a frame made out of steel, which I get a lot of these art fabricating jobs, which are like, oh, I need frame out of steel and sometimes i'll make it and they'll be like oh you didn't miter the quarter corners I'm like no look at the fucking drawing if they weren't yep. mitered on the drawing why would they be mitered in real life that's not oh. you know like yeah it's just you know and if you wanted a miter then you had to specify so like um in an instance like that where the the drawing signed off on i definitely still there's definitely still a benefit to giving the client what they want or their money back or whatever, making it right a hundred percent. But there is a certain sense of acknowledgement that I think needs to come from 
and you said this client was understanding and it wasn't they weren't like trying to kill you over the cost but there's a certain sense of acknowledgement that i always like to get out of someone to say like well this is exactly what i told you what you were going to get and i understand that you're this isn't exactly what you wanted and that's okay we'll make we'll make it right but just understand that like this is this, you, you got what i put on the drawing um yeah and i you know i want to be fully transparent i knew there was work to come down the road so yeah i've yeah. been over backwards for this client like uh but to be fair at that point in time that was probably my third year um i didn't provide elevations or drawings or sketches and yeah that job was the one like I, like i said i'll never forget it that's yep. the job yeah, that's that taught right. me like all mm. right from now on full disclosure before i ever take a dollar from you here's what you're going to get yep and, and yeah. that's why sign, when you go with a professional it's more money you know because they that's are right. doing that yep. you know i remember this old house years ago um somebody wrote in they asked tom silver about giving free estimates and he goes, I wouldn't know. I've never done it. He goes, my time's too valuable. He said, mm -hmm. if, if I am going to somebody's house for two hours, I'm I'm charging them. He goes, you're going to charge them anyways with the job. So I'm just up front with them. And it always struck me because it's like, you know, that's why, you know, when you're a business owner, things cost more, right? Because you're paying for your company vehicle. You're paying for your insurance. You're paying for the time you're doing the drawings. You're paying for the program that you did the drawings with. You're paying for the pencils that you did the drawing. You know, it doesn't stop. Yeah. You're paying for every goddamn thing, yeah. you know, the stamps to mail it to them. So it adds up. You know, when you're just a weekend hack, you can just be like, hey, yeah, if I'm making 40 bucks an hour, I'm happy. You know, mm -hmm. and there's a big difference, so... Right. right. Well, and I think, Derek, we were talking about this earlier on the phone. It's like, you know, if you're an employee of a company or a corporation, you pay 13% income tax. Uh -huh. Just kind of as a general rule, you know, it fluctuates based on where you live. But uh, let's say 13%. If you own your own business and you're paying yourself, guess what? You're paying 26%. You're paying employer and employee contributions. So uh -huh. really, you know, you're only making 74% of what you're uh -huh. charging before expenses of any kind and you know like, like what you said where's your insurance where's your 401k like, yeah when i tell somebody hey you know I'm, I'm making this number up but hey i charge 150 dollars an hour for labor well where do you come up with that number pretty easily you know i've got 75 dollars in expenses and overhead mm -hmm. and 75 goes to me and my family for my you know skills and yeah. abilities and you know it's I like it's to end the conversation as soon as the question of the rate comes up and just go, no, you know what? I don't think this is going to yeah. work out. <laughs> Sorry. I just don't think it's going to work out. You ever exactly. seen that Instagram post that it's like $500 client asks for an itemized receipt and a $5,000 client says the check's in the mail? <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know? like. Yeah. But you know what it doesn't say? The $5 million client doesn't ever pay. Well, <laughs> no, they don't pay the last 10%. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, they don't pay exactly. the last 10%. And you just yeah. put a lien on their... Uh, that's right. That's when you That's yeah. when you get the liens. That's when you put the liens. Um, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 very tricky. Uh, so... So there's, um, there's just like a lot of... There's a lot of different things that go into that transition, right? From like the full-time to the part-time. And Paul, you run like a business that's a real business where you guys like... You know, it's probably going to take a lot for you to get up and say, all right, we'll do this for you tonight at 10 o'clock at night, you know, 
Um, yeah. cause you guys operate like a legitimate, like nine to five business where it was nine to five until you guys started getting a little busier right now. You're yeah. like 10 to 10, uh, yeah. or nine, nine to 11, but uh, it's like, when, like so, whenever. <laughs> yeah. so like Derek and I, like our only opportunity to make that business operate is after hours. So there's, mm. I feel like the, uh, how, um, how like beholden to your client you are changes when you kind of make it a full-time thing, but there's still so much extra shit that you have to do running a business. Like, like what Jordan was saying, where like, you got to do the drawings, you got to do the driving and the estimating. I mean, I know how much goes into your estimating, Paul, cause you guys have to go to the sites and look at all yeah. this stuff. Like, Oh, you got to put steel there. How are we going to get a crane in here? How are we going to get it? Like you, the, the steel might fit in the building, but the machine yeah. to put the steel in might not make it to the driveway. You know, yeah, like so how much. do you, yeah, there's so many variables, um, that add into it. So like, um, so Jordan, so, so you have this revelation in Colorado with your daughter and you really want to become a professional rollerblader. So where, where, what's, <laughs> how do you resolve that? How do you resolve the lifestyle? Well, the first, it's roller derby dummy. Yeah. He wants to do. Got yeah, it. Got it. I know yeah, Indiana, especially a, a town with twenty two hundred people. You guys probably have a pretty significant roller derby population. <laughs> yeah, you can uh, you can beat your sister and your cousin all at once. You know? That's right. Uh, That's right. No. Uh, so yeah, when I when I decided I wanted to be a professional roller derbyist, um, I you know decided like, hey man. Uh, maybe I've lost sight of what I started all of this for. And um, something that we haven't discussed is that my wife, in tandem, uh, about halfway through this last five years, she decided to start a, a sign company. Uh, it's, it's at Derek from Malden on Etsy. And uh, <laughs> she yeah. grew it uh, enormously. Thank you, Dan. And Yeah, you're welcome. And... Uh, and she grew it enormously, unlike four. Derek from Malden. <laughs> yeah, uh, Derek from Malden doesn't know what enormous means on uh, any level. Exactly, so exactly. Uh, and uh, we have four part-time employees, my wife and I, uh, that run that sign business. And we kind of decided, like, hey, you know what? We can kind of easily pick that up and move it anywhere we want. Uh, so let's let's do that. Let's double down on that focus on that and focus on our family because the reality is I'm 32 years old and I have the rest of my life, you know, I have the next 35 years or 30 years or 25 years or whatever you want to target, uh, to work and make an income and build a retirement. And, uh, right now though, I only have nine years left maybe with my kids. Uh, yeah. you know, in nine years, they're going to leave my house for sure. They're going to go to college somewhere. They're going to, you know, move away, get a job, whatever it is they decide to do or whatever the world looks like at that time. In nine years, they're going to do that. And I only have nine years to do that with them, but I've got 30 years to work. So maybe the next nine years, I don't make six figures. Uh, I don't, you know, build these huge projects on a commercial industrial level that I can walk by with them and say, hey, check that out. Dad built that. You know, sure, Dad built that but he didn't rollerblade with you or go to the pool or have lunch with you. Yeah. They won't give a shit about you. what you built. They'll just be pissed yeah, off that you care. didn't get to do these things. Yeah. Right. Like dad didn't ride the bike with me. Dad didn't, 
take me out to mow the grass, right? Like mm-hmm. shit that you would never think is important to a kid is important to a kid. Uh, and so I just, you know, a couple of weeks ago I had the revelation like, hey, man, I've lost sight of what really matters. Uh, and I'm not going to do that for the next nine years or maybe in three years. I'll be back on your podcast saying I'm an idiot. I did this and I should have done X, you know, I did Y I should have done X. But, uh, I think that a pivotal part of being uh, a maker is being willing to change and willing to pivot and willing to, um, take everything and throw it away and start over. Um, you know, because you're not afraid, you can always make something on any scale. You might make a, a birdhouse for a YouTube video that gets, you know, half a million views. Uh, or you might make a birdhouse for your neighbor who is handicapped and enjoys watching birds, right? Uh, it, it doesn't demean your uh, status as a maker at all, whether you're mm-hmm. making for profit or making for views or making for yourself. Uh, it doesn't matter what you're making. If you're a maker, you're a maker. That's it. Well, that's Uh, the beauty of building that business versus building a career is that you can't just wake up and go and get a high paying job. You know, like in some instances you can, but in general, you can't just like go out and get paid tomorrow and work one day at another job because you feel like it. But when you, when you cultivate the skills, the way that, you know, all of us have, you can just decide like, Hey, you know what? My corporate job is great or it's not so great. And you can go, I'm just going to go back to woodworking and you don't forget all the woodworking stuff and you're not beholden to another new boss where you have to work your way up in a company and do all the bullshit that comes with having a corporate job. Um, You know, even just getting, even if you're great at what you do, just getting the hang of a new company experience is such a pain in the ass. I always, every job I've ever had, the first week I've always thought like, I fucking hate this. There's never been a job that I had where in the first week I wasn't I wasn't like I this wasn't for me. You know, just but that just comes along with getting a new job and being like, "Oh, I got to get used to like this and that and the other thing." You know, it's like uh. Yeah, when I so here's a, to uh just agree with you. Um when I joined the military, so I got on an airplane, flew to Texas, and at about 2 in the morning that same day or you know the the next morning whatever uh i'm standing stark ass naked uh with 59 other guys in a room being yelled at by a guy wearing a smoky the bandit hat and i'm like oh yeah i just fucked up big time right (laughs) not to discourage anybody from joining the military but i'm like oh this was a mistake like didn't even take a week to realize about six and a half hours. You're like, oh, I have a boy. feeling that the I other 59 guys might've had the same up. thought. I can oh, see yeah. Pinto um, running to the recruiter's here. office. Um, but I'm Pinto, you're not on mute. You're not on mute. You're not yeah, on mute. Tell, tell your mother we'll be home <laughs> in a little while. You're still not on mute. I pressed mute on my microphone. Am I not even connected to this microphone? I don't think so. You're not. You're using your your AirPods oh as your microphone. Oh my god! I'm using my AirPods the entire time. That's well, all right. You've been very quiet. It's a, good, it's a good thing that porno you're watching didn't come through on the sound. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! What a nightmare. Whatever. 
it's, it's, it's fine. typical. Well, the people expect this. Yeah. This is yeah, I got a lot. I got a lot of podcast. stuff going on right now. Is he still? <laughs> the, 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 he's he's still on the phone. Podcast. No, no. Yeah. I'm not on the phone. All right. All right. So, um, so back on. to where we were. So, so Jordan. So, keep keep us going through the story. So, where are we at right now? Yeah. So the conclusion of the story is, um, I've decided that my woodwork, my custom woodworking business, which uh, to be transparent, but not overly transparent, produces well over six figures net profit uh, every year. Mm-hmm. I'm walking away from it on December 31st. I've got, I already have commitments through the end of this year. Um, and I had a couple that were into January and February of next year that I called and said, hey, sorry, uh, here's your deposit money back. I'm done. I'm cutting my here's hands a few off. recommendations. Yeah, right? Like, mm. uh, Exactly. I'm cutting my hands off. I got the table saw on high and it's not a saw stop. I'm cutting this thing right. off. That's right. Uh, because... How did they react to that? Let me ask you that. Cause, cause I deal with, a, yeah. I, I don't take any custom work pretty much anymore. And I get a lot of really like a lot of unhappy uh, responses to that. So one of them was uh, what they described as quote, severely disappointed. Uh, and I just said to them, I said, listen, I'm not going to tell you anything you don't need to know, but the long and short of it is that my family is more important than my career or mm-hmm. my, uh, you know, monetary gain. And uh, they didn't, after that, they said nothing negative. The other one uh, was uh, quite a problem. Uh, but you know, I'm like, <laughs> hey, at the end of the day, I'm giving you your money back. And you signed a contract that said I could keep all of it with yeah. You know, for no reason. Um, that's the other thing I'll, I'll tack on here is if you think you want to be a maker, uh, step one is consult an attorney and have a legal contract drawn up that you that's you know kind of ambiguous regardless of the job. You can have each client sign that binds them to giving you at least the money you have invested in material uh, without recourse. Um, that's been pretty pivotal for me in a couple of situations over the last five years uh, where a large corporate customer has tried to back out uh, and not pay me my money, but they signed a contract. Uh, so I would recommend consulting an attorney if you're considering being a maker. Um, anyway. Uh, How'd the kids react? Yeah. So uh, I think that the kids would host a party for our, a thousand people if they could uh, yeah they're, really they're excited. excited you know uh which to be fair they're pretty young uh so they don't know you know they don't remember what it was they like don't know they're not getting any out. christmas presents next year and <laughs> yeah. you're gonna be yeah. sleeping in the car yeah. that's right yeah they don't know that uh that cardboard box in the refrigerator we saved it for a reason you know mm-hmm. that's for a family of four yeah uh, no, yeah, they they're excited, uh, but they're also nervous. You know, they're my oldest daughter has expressed to me more than once that she's nervous for me and for my wife that we're making this big change. You know, moving geographically a thousand miles, um, kind of pivoting our career focus and our family focus. Mm-hmm. She realizes she's old enough to realize that like it's a big 
uh, monumental mm. change. So it's different. Uh, it, it's a weird thing to have to have kids that have an input uh, and really affect your decisions. I bet. Well, I, I give you a lot of credit, dude, because it, it's, you know, something I've dreamed about for a long time. And, you know, where I feel like I'm, I could possibly do it, I still could never bring myself to doing it. So I give you a lot of credit. And you're 100% doing the right thing. I remember the night you called me up and you were driving home from Colorado and, you know, your family was in the car. And you just sounded like a beat man. You know, like you're just yeah. like, you know, just like you've had it. And it just was like real solemn. But, you know, I, I give you credit, you know, and I, I think, you know, like like you just said, like we said that night, you know, three years from now, you're going to be saying, what the hell was I thinking? Why, you know, but but at least yeah. you're, you're taking the chance, you know, right, you, yeah. you, you may be doing that. You might be doing that in a year. But it, like you said, you could always go back to this. You're taking the chance. You're doing what's right for you and your family. And, you know. You you did it, you know. I mean, so mm -hmm. I, I give you credit. I'm jealous, but that's my it. bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so. you know, uh, you're exactly right. I felt defeated. You know, defeated mm. man. That's the right term for that 15 hour drive. Yeah. Uh, from A to B, uh, I just felt like my kid said to me for the first time, "You haven't said." I've got to go work in the shop like that just completely wrecked me on a level that I wasn't ready for. Um, but I think part of being uh, a maker is that you're ready for change and you're adaptable and you're willing to overcome uh, obstacles and, you know, controversy. And uh, I, if I, if I didn't do this, uh, I wouldn't be a real maker is kind of how I feel, you know, mm. uh, the future of making is limitless for anybody that wants to do it. Uh, the four of us can attest to there's plenty of monetary gain and personal accolades that come from making uh, out there in the world. And we're geographically, we're all located differently. And we all, I think, could attest to the same thing. Uh, so that's the other thing, too, is like, hey, if you want to be a maker and you're in uh, the middle of nowhere, Iowa, guess what? It's possible because of platforms like Etsy, where you can make a unique product and market it and sell it to 200,000 people who you've never met or never seen or will never see in your lifetime. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the sky's the limit, literally, on making. Uh, but, you know, my personal experience and advice is, hey, if you have a family... Uh, maybe consult them on what your life is like and what your quality of life is like. Ask them what they think about it from time to time. Oh. Yeah, because nothing has changed from five years ago. Uh, when I walk out here and turn on the lights to my shop and I see this 3,000 square foot shop that I built from a two-car garage uh, that's full of you know, thousands of dollars of tools and CNC equipment and material and everything at my fingertips to do whatever I wanted, I feel so satisfied and I feel so charged with electricity to make something. But uh, the minute that I think about what my daughter said to me, mm -hmm. none of that even matters. 
So, mm. so once you go back into your corporate life, right? And you, do you want to say what industry you work in or no? I don't actually even know. No, it's fine. So, um, I got out of the military. I had went to night school for engineering. So I went right into engineering as a defense contractor. Then I got out of that and I went into, um, commercial banking, uh, and business development for a, a bank. Um, and then I, you know, went on to woodworking, but, uh, I actually, I had thought that I was going to go back in that corporate world, but what I'm going to do is try to refocus my attention on, um, online retail. Um, so that's kind of the future for me. And what do you, when you say online retail, so you're going to work for a company that has a presence already and as a consultant or something, or are you going to start a new company? No. So our company, uh, two avocado signs, which is, you know, again, inferior to Derek from Alden. Uh, <laughs> not we, even uh, close. We're going to, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's unbelievable that you guys still even bother to operate. Right. Right. Um, we are going to kind of double down on the, uh, online portion of that business, um, because we figured out that the, uh, the time, you know, that would be, need to be invested, um, is minimal enough that we could still have a normal life with our kids. Oh, got it. Okay. Nice. Yeah. And, and, um, so I, I ask this question as someone that still has a full-time job. Like I never gave up the job, uh, but I do have the fully functioning fabricating shop. Would you ever move so to give yourself the freedom of being able to make stuff that you want to make involves making content, right? Because now we're in this amazing time in the world where you don't have to do shit for anybody and That's you right. can just make whatever you want and somebody pays you. Actually, everybody that watches pays you. They just don't realize it um, because every view counts, you know, as as some money in the bank. So do you ever see yourself going in that direction just because I can see exactly the, you know, and it's, it's not hard to understand the passion that you have for building stuff, right? And every time you walk into your shop, you're excited and you want to make stuff. But the problems that come with owning a business are all the things. The problems that come with running a business don't come from your ability to make things. They come from everybody else. You know, like That's right. the problems with you making a table, if the table doesn't come out exactly how you envisioned it, you don't give a shit. It's your client that's going to be upset about it. And that's where the problems are. So do you see yourself like ever moving into that content world in order to generate revenue? Because I look at my business and my job is is not something that I'm giving up anytime soon, but I don't want to make anything for any clients anymore. I have no interest sure. in working with clients next year at all. There'll be hopefully none. Um, but my business yeah. isn't going anywhere. My business will exist on the internet. My business will figure out a way to make money. I'll probably make more money next year than I made this year. And I'll do less work right. for other people. So I don't know. It's just an interesting, uh, I look at your life as it's the, I look at your situation. It's the perfect opportunity to pivot into that. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, congratulations. If that's your scenario where you're going to make more money next year than this year and have zero clients. That is the real, dream, I hope so. You know? But I also still right. have my job, so. Yeah, yeah. We want to talk about the your pizza parlor. You were a Domino's, yeah. Derek's a Pizza Hut. Yeah. Something like uh, that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've thought about the, the content creation. I've talked to Derek at length about it numerous times. But um, 
and I have a whole list of things that like, hey, no mm-hmm. one's made this yet. I could easily make this on camera and and do yeah. well. And uh, we're fortunate that my wife was a professional photographer for several years, so we have ten, like literally tens of thousands of dollars of camera equipment, which you don't even need anymore. An iPhone 12 will do just as good as you know anything we have. But um, I've thought about it, and I don't want to say no, and I don't want to say yes because. Uh, honestly, I just, you know, what Derek said was exactly right. I felt like a broken man, uh, and, uh, the foundation of the rest of my life, or at least the next decade is 100% my kids. And, um, you know, money is important and money gives you the freedom to do lots of things. And a six figure salary is amazing. Uh, but at the end of the day, $30,000 and kids that feel like you gave them the attention they need is worth 10 years of my life. So Mm. I'm not saying I'm going to make 30 grand the next 10 years, but what I'm saying is that uh, for the last 10, the money was the focus. And for the next 10, it's completely in the background. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's, an, it's, it's something that I don't think anybody, well, not anybody, but very few people in the making sort of universe have had, I mean, you're very fortunate, right? And it's not, you're not lucky, you work hard and that's why you have what you have, um, right? So uh, I think very few people have had that conflict where they have to go, hey, yeah. you know what? Like, this is the dream job. I have to take this, I have to take a step back from it. Uh, but you see it more and more with, and um, it's it's you know similar but different. But we just have a view into these people's lives. Like there are a couple of YouTubers who have done that, right? Guys that have built huge yeah. channels, and then one day they're just gone because they need to go back and focus on their lives. Like the guy who passed away a couple of years ago. Who uh, shit? What was his name? Oh my god! You guys know who I'm talking about? Too. Oh, Grant. The- Grant. Yes. Oh. Yeah, King of Random. Oh. King of Random. King yeah. of Random, like, of random. Yeah. He, he ushered in his guy. He got shit from his viewers, and he had to go back and say, listen, like, here's why this guy is here and not me. And eventually they got right. over it, and so he could spend time with his family, and then he crashed his para, paraglider into a fucking mountain, and it's very sad and terrible that that's the way he went. But I guarantee you that before that, he was having a great time uh-huh. up until he wasn't. Um, but, you know, I think that like so many people, myself included, right? You chase you chase the dream and you, you take the you take every job and you do everything you have to do. And then one day you have to take back and have that sombering moment where you go, OK, like I got to I got to slow down. So I'm very interested in right. seeing kind of the next year for you, how it goes. Right. Um, and then I always do this to Derek and he knows that I've, I've complained to him about the content that he makes, but I think your story is the kind of thing that launches a content Avenue because it is a story that people don't normally, you don't normally hear about someone who quit their job and went back. Everybody's got the YouTube video on their channel, like the I quit YouTube video. That's like the everybody wants right. to make that one day. They're like, today I've, I quit my job. I was a software engineer for 30 years, and now I'm going to be a Twitch streamer. Good for you. What happens when becoming a Twitch streamer becomes so boring and your wife is so sick of hearing you scream at kids on the headset that 
she wants to leave you and you just have to go back to working your normal job. No one ever talks about going back to their job. So um, thanks for sharing your, your, uh, your story and your experience because I think it is something that people don't really think about. And I think that it's something that when you build redundancy into your business, you have to think about what happens when you don't have time to do anything, you know, which is why I'm right. moving away from client work, right? Because I'm married and um, I work a very much a full-time day job and then I run a full-time business on the side. How do you do everything and have a life? So, um, and the yeah, little no, zeps are on their way, right? No little zeps just yet. Thank God, no little zeps. If I could just go right into like a 16 year old version of myself, that would be a really good employee to have. Um, but uh, it's gonna take a little while for me to get to that point. So, thanks so much, Jordan, for, for telling the story. So, now as we transition back into our traditional handmade podcast ending. Paul Pinto, tell me what you've been watching before you run out of the car. Paul's got to leave um, early. What's, what's on your watch like list? Two seconds. Two I've seconds. What have you been watching? Did I say The Sopranos last week? No. You Did you watch The Many Saints of Newark? I've been watching The Sopranos. Uh, no, oh, yes, yes. So you're trying to get there is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm trying to get there. But, nice. Um, yeah, yep. so The Sopranos. Nice. Um, everybody watch The Sopranos. Paul, see you later. Goodbye, and he Paul. forgot Thanks the mic. For All right, there we go. Now he's just out of the car, and he hasn't muted his mic. It's I'm fine. Um, so, uh, Derek, what have you been watching? <laughs> he's an idiot. I can hear myself <laughs> echoing. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce him out. How do I bounce him out? Did he leave his phone in the car? He left. So he probably put his AirPods on his laptop, so I can hear my voice. Oh, there we he go. He's back. Out. Yeah, there he is. And there come is. on, cut it out. Turn it off. There Thank we go. You. Now he muted oh, it. Okay. There we go. All right, good job. What a funny so Derek, bastard. What have you been watching? It's Some funny. Music. Thanks, Jordan, for that. It's um, you know, that that goes back to the old "be careful what you wish for" type thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's, yeah. and that's kind of. I'm not using that as an excuse why I'm not so anxious to do it because I would love to leave my job. But, you know, my job pays well and it's, you know, and it's a steady job. It's not going anywhere. Everybody eats pizza all the time. So it's just not, you know, I don't want to leave it and then be like, what the hell did I do? You know, no matter how much Jimmy tells me it's best for me, it's like, it it just, I'd be sick thinking of that. But, um... But no, thanks, Jordan. It, it just it was, it was good to hear. But um, let me see uh, what I've been watching lately. Yeah, I mean, even just like on that, right? Like when I started my day job two years ago, mm-hmm. the job was supposed to be for two years. Yeah. My boss called, like, right. got said to me, sign sign a two year contract, get us through this this development, and then you know, adios, have a good life. You know, like go do your thing on YouTube. And now, two years later, I probably could quit my job and just make content. Because mm. based on the content that I was able to make this year, which is about half of what I wanted to make, if I would have doubled just that, I would have been fine. Mm. Um, and, you know, uh, but my contract just got renewed with my job because my career at my day job took a path that I never could have ever gotten anywhere else. Like I an opportunities to do shit that I'll never get again. And I always have this conversation with people with more traditional careers 
where if you're a plumber and you want to stop being a plumber, you could always go being a plumber, you know, or if you're a nurse, like my wife, if she quits her job tomorrow, she's still a certified nurse, right? So she could go and decide to be a nurse again. My career is so unique. There is no other, like I work for a hedge fund. I talk about it all the time. There's no other hedge fund that's going to hire me to do exactly what I do because no hedge fund operates the way that mine does. The one that I work for does. So nobody's going to pay you to do nothing. Exactly. No one's going to, no one's going to fly me around the world and pay me to just be this handsome uh, in, in, you know, in the Dominican Republic, you know? Um, you so tell the hedge fund if they're looking for a guy with a full head of hair. That's right. So <laughs> funny enough, employment. funny enough, the hedge fund is actually looking for the opposite of that because today I told my boss that I wasn't feeling well, so I was going to CVS to get some allergy medication, and he said, "Don't you know that'll make you lose your hair?" And he said, "Why don't you just give up already and shave your fucking head and get a tan?" That's what he said to me because everybody at the company, nice. for the most part, is just bald. So no. uh, I said, no, I, I said, I you still have a little him. bit of you time left. There's a, there's a guy in the cornfields of Indiana. That's right. That's right. But him. no, Derek, like going back to what you were saying, right? Like you uh-huh. can't like, and, and especially too, like you've built a seniority at, at the pizza place yeah. where yeah. it offers certain luxuries that, yes, it you does. know, the other pizza places, 12 pepperonis instead of 10 on your pizza. I mean, yeah. that's right. It's a good deal. Yeah, no, it, it is. And I, I got to remember that. And, you know, I'm very blessed to have the job I have because nobody's going to pay me what they pay me for doing what I do. You know, so, I mean, you know, the, gra- the grass is always greener type thing as well, mm-hmm. you know. Get, yeah, I mean, get real with the listeners here. We, You and I, we're, we're close enough. We've talked about this a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many years you have left at the parlor, you know? Yeah, not not many. I mean, regardless, I'm, my days are numbered there, you know, so I... I I don't have much time either way, you know, whether this show works out or it doesn't, I'm at the end, you know, I'm past the back, back nine, you know, I'm, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, halfway out the door. So, you know, things happen the way they're supposed to in life sometimes, you know, but my pick for the week is going to be a a perfect um, compliment to this is the samurai carpenter. And I don't know if anybody's been watching him building his little house out on the, um, on his island and um jesse's a great guy and you know a lot of people get rubbed by him the wrong way from his videos and you know some people can't understand a lot of that's just shtick i mean not so much now but before he used to be kind of really full of himself but he is a talented guy but i talked to him over the weekend he had called um i'm gonna tell you that he said hello chris but um yeah but make his camp called and uh you know, he's he's just getting sick of the way things are going and wants to start a new life, you know, and mm-hmm. just spend it with his, you know, family. He has a, you know, a son that has disabilities and, you know, he just wants to spend time with his family. And I, I, I just, you know, I think it's great what he's doing, you know, and um, I hope he does it. He wants to live out there full time. He doesn't know if he's going to be able to, but, um, you know, I've just been really enjoying Watching the videos, getting all his stuff out there and moving his dock. He built that dock. I don't know if you watched them, Chris, but... Built it and moved had had to move it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. You know, and uh, it, it's just funny, but um, it, I don't know. He, he's just crazy, but that's my pick, the Samurai Carpenter. He's yeah, extremely Jesse's talented. a great guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is. He really is. He is. So. Who are you watching, Jordan? 
Uh, I'll tell you what, man. I was looking through my uh, YouTube watch videos here, and it's a it's a long watch, forty three minutes. But uh, Frank Howarth, man, how to yeah. turn the earth? I don't know if you guys have watched it or not, but no, I haven't. Uh, it's on my watch list. You know, he's absurd. Frank is absurd. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't, you know, I don't know how many months he put into this project, but he in the video he lays out kind of the timeline and it's several months uh but man what a perfectionist to uh see and see out all the parts glue them all together and make uh, a real depiction of the globe like it's unbelievable uh extremely talented and should inspire just about anybody yeah he's awesome it's uh it's amazing like watching his work evolve too over time, like in the different stuff he tries to do and do for himself, you know? And I think one of the things I watched some of that video, the scale of it was not realized in the thumbnail at all. I thought it was like, yeah. like the size of like a, like a snow globe. Me too. But it's like the size of a basketball. Ornament. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought it was like an ornament. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, and, you know, to amazing. be fair, like if you don't appreciate his skills as a maker, I appreciate his skills as a videographer and a photographer. That's what I was going to say. Every facet of his stuff is amazing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's amazing. So I wonder how many people have offered to buy that from him privately. Knowing what we know about our friend Bobby Duke, who gets like probably like hundreds of inquiries a day to buy his art. You know, I wonder like somebody's got to be hitting Frank up and saying like, I need, I need this. You know, yeah. yeah here's a six-figure um, number to buy your globe. Like, I mean, yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Bobby. Yeah. Bobby gets crazy offers for stuff that he makes, yeah. and he's like, "No, nah, I'm all set." Yeah, yeah. The most, the best thing that you can do to piss a rich person off is tell them they can't have something. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a, there's a bonus add-in for Bobby. Like, I watched uh, maybe two days ago his video of him taking a pool cue or a pool ball. And making mm-hmm. it with a black widow on it, which is like a three-year-old video, but I'd never seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But man, that guy is so talented. Do you know why uh, he did that? Watching him, because because he did this. He did the skull one, and somebody was like, yeah. "That's not that impressive." <laughs> so he what? did that. Yeah. Yeah. What? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, Bobby's oh, amazing. So. He's great. It's funny. He actually, I hate to name drop, but he, I talked to him today and I asked him why he didn't come to make a camp. He goes, nobody invited me. Nobody invites me anywhere. He said, I'm like, oh God, come on. Keep seeing it. therapist. You don't need to be invited, uh, Bobby. You're personal friends with him and you didn't invite him. So what's it say about you? He actually said uh, he wants to be on the podcast too. So we'll have to get him on. Yeah. Maybe next week. I'm going to shoot him a message and be like, hey, Derek, put me on the podcast before you. So, right, <laughs> Hope you're listening, Bobby Duke. Yeah. No, he's uh, got better things to do. I've got 700 Instagram followers. That's a flex right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, show him. Bobby. So. Yeah, I'll show him. Yeah. But... Oh. Um, I don't know what I want to put as my watch. I've been watching a lot of different stuff because of all this fucking time on airplanes. Not um, whistling but diesel. There's no whistling diesel video for me to watch. I'm okay, devastated. Okay. That being said, hey, though, did you see what the Carolina squat is officially no more in North Carolina. It, it's yeah. illegal. Good for him. Yeah. Did you see that he got another? Did, 
did you see that he got another Toyota Hilux? And no. Yeah, some, I mean, and, and I was thinking about this. When he put out his Hilux videos, I was thinking, like, there's got to be an importer who could really capitalize on just calling him up and saying, we'll just give you a truck if you promote us. Because Toyota Hilux values literally tripled when he made that video. Like, I saw people selling them on Long Island for, like, $12,000 rotted out. Like, pieces of shit. So he posted the other day a um, – he posted something the other day on his main page, a picture of a Hilux, and he tagged a Instagram called Japanese Classics, who imports no. Japanese cars and sells them in the States. And the, I guarantee you they're just, like, making money doing this. Um, and Whistling Diesel can be the one that helps, you know. And uh, I can't wait to see what he does with his next Hilux. So I'm I'm a huge Whistling Diesel fan. I did a uh, I did a little homage to Mr. Whistling Diesel this weekend. Jordan, I'll share the clip with you, but everybody else is gonna have to wait. I think I'm gonna put it out on Friday. Um, and actually, oh, here we'll do a quick reaction preview, uh, and Jordan can react while he watches it on my webcam. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. All right, ready? I'm ready. Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> yes. The clip from inside is even better. Um, so uh, coming soon to an Instagram near you, you can watch what I did to uh, nice. to uh, pay homage to – here you go, Jordan – to pay homage to Whistling oh, Diesel. Nice. It goes fast. There's no There's no time to waste. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so my for your post, yeah. yeah. So what I've been watching, um, I started watching Keith Rucker uh, working on Jimmy's bandsaw. But what I really want to talk about is Pask makes. Did you see the video where he make? He, it's called any shaped holes with a regular drill. Unreal. 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 He's so smart. Unreal. He's such a smart yeah, guy. Yeah, he he is, man. He's he's hardcore. He makes yeah. me feel like a nothing maker. Like, <laughs> I know that's not his goal, but I watch his videos and I'm like, that dude made the bandsaw that he's making these tools from. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I'm a nothing maker. He's awesome. He's a uh, super talented guy. I love his videos. And uh, I love that he's like going so out of bounds from what I think anybody would have expected him to do. You know, like when I started mm -hmm. watching him, he was doing sure. the scrap wood thing. And I was like, I was always impressed by it, but it. It was Dude, that was supposed to be seven videos. Yeah, that was like supposed to be seven right? videos. Just to, yeah, because everybody loved it and they flipped out. I've been watching him forever. Yeah, he's and about he's funny. close to the to the to the million. He's getting close to the million mark, mm -hmm. which he deserves yeah. every I mean, bit of it. His propeller, his propeller video from like a month ago, yeah. that was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I mean, perfectly yeah. balanced propeller made completely by hand. He's he's yeah. a master. Yeah, he's very talented. You would admit it or not. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. He's a professional photographer, I think, by his day job. Really, um, I believe it. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a professional photographer um, as a job. He's a, a foot photographer, right? He takes professional photography of feet. Yes, it's, he's a foot photographer. That's yes. right. He's an Australian foot photographer. That's Perfect. Right. <laughs> All right, we'll wrap it up on that. Yeah, thank you guys uh, for listening. Check us out on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/HandmadePodcast. Now, I want to apologize to the two members of the $25 Patreon tier. Um, unfortunately, nobody noticed. 
because I did not get the email that uh, anybody had joined the tier. So we'll owe you some sort of rec- reconciliation uh, to also I'm not actually two avocados. I'm not gonna say who these people are because we need full. We need like a real level of like secrecy and like this <laughs> vault uh, to make sure that nobody violates the circle of trust that is the pre-show. So I'm not gonna say who you are, but the two people that joined the pre-show, very sorry for not including you on this one. This was a little bit of a shit show of an episode, yeah. anyway. Uh, Jordan's gonna send you a uh, some toenail clippings and a piece of his hair, so that'll come uh-huh. in the mail any day. And thank you guys for listening. Check us out on Patreon. Check out Derek from Pizza.com and TwoAvocados.com. Something right? Dot net. Dot <laughs> dot, dot org. The dot org. Okay. It's actually, uh, it's, it's to find my business, you type in. Derek, Derek from, from Alden. Alden. Yeah, DerekFromAlden.com. <laughs> you scrap all that and go to two avocado signs, and you'll find yeah. the quality stuff. Sounds yeah. so healthy. I think I might buy two avocados with two O's and have it point. I'm going to buy every variation of twoavocados.com that's close, and I'm going to point them all to Derek from Alden's website. Thank you. Please. It would be amazing. Yeah. 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 Oh, and by the way, if you haven't bought a Derek from Alden t-shirt – uh, I sent Derek a free GoPro stand, and he made me buy a T-shirt myself. So twenty-five dollars, get yourself a T-shirt and feel good uh, about it. They're worth Derek every penny. That's right. They're, Thank you. Uh, good night. T-shirts made in Indonesia by children. So have goodbye. A we gotta go. Thanks for stopping by. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save.